0: Hey there, guys. I wanted to tell you about something new. I've launched a Patreon account, patreon.com slash Andrew Brand. People have asked about getting more content, more insight, more information from me, and now that's available through various tiers. If you're able to join on patreon.com, you can get shoutouts from me. You can get the Business of Sports podcast transcripts. You can get Ask Andrew Questions, weekly newsletters, all kinds of ways to interact with me, including a monthly conversation about whatever you want to talk about jobs in the sports industry, breaking into sports. It's all available now on patreon.com. Andrew Brandt. If you're able, please join, select your tier and be able to have further content and interaction with me. Patreon.com slash Andrew Brandt. I hope you join. hey there boys and girls welcome to another edition of the business of sports with andrew brandt it's a Brant's rants edition i'm going to talk about college football obviously that seems to be the biggest issue in the business of sports right now and i thought i'd talk about it so college football is the issue this week i'll talk about it i want you to know that uh, this is a bittersweet time for me right now taking my youngest off to college um and uh my oldest is now in los angeles he's the music you hear underscoring me sam is uh thriving as a music producer already in la he's only been there a few weeks my son max is off to smu in dallas where he's going to study sports <laughs> like same interests as his old man uh sports management So yes, I have some apprehension and hesitation with my two most important people in my world that are in places with surging COVID rates, but I trust it. I'm going to, um, I want my younger guy to experience the college freshman experience. Of course, obviously it's going to be sad saying goodbye to him. Uh, he's been kind of an only child and we've done so much together over these past few years since Sam left, um, they're five years apart. So, you know, beyond the personal um, sadness of becoming an empty nester and saying goodbye to my son who's going off to college, I realize there's a bit of a contradiction here. And the contradiction is this. I have been, as you know from listening to this, reading me, seeing me in other forums, somewhat risk averse when it comes to covid And really sort of asking all leagues, you know, what are we doing here? Especially football, as we subject uh, football players to the game, which is the opposite of social distancing, which requires close contact and force on every play. So we have to have worry about that. And I've sort of raised that several times. We're going to talk about it in college in a second. And I recognize the contradiction as I talk about my sons, because I have a concern and a caution about professional athletes and college athletes, to which I have no personal connection to. Other, I may know some of them, and I may advise some of them on their COVID decision. But you know, here I am allowing my, my, young, my sons to head off into an uncertain world where I know there'll be clusters, especially at college and I'm apprehensive and I'm cautious, but I mean, I'm apprehensive and I'm a bit scared, but I feel comfortable with the risk and that a college uh, health community will govern the risk. If not, I'll be down there in a heartbeat to sort of figure out what I can do from my perch. Uh, but anyway, I realize, I just want to say I realize the contradiction. I think we're all contradictions in some ways. And that's just the thought that I believe that there are risks. And, you know, here I am again, son in LA, son in Dallas. I'm going to start my teaching in person at Villanova University in front of 50 students, and of course, mingling with students, with my research assistants, with my fellows, with all kinds of student groups in person. So yeah, uh, I guess I'm sort of having a personal reckoning. I understand it. So I guess I'm saying it has been easy and still is easy for me to sit at a distance and criticize leagues for playing, but I understand it. And this sort of leads to my point that I've been making for five months Let's be real about health and safety of players and of students. It's important, but there are bigger issues at play. And we can debate whether they should be bigger issues or not, but we're talking about economics and business. And what's going on in business and economics is, especially with the NFL, they've determined that health and safety is a strong priority, but it certainly is not the only priority or maybe the top priority because... As I've said throughout the offseason, the NFL is forging ahead. They're not going to shut down a $15 billion business. There's just no way they're going to do that. Unless and, and absolutely have to when we talk about mass infections. Obviously, we've seen some infections in baseball. They perse- persevere with games postponed, with some teams only having played five or six games. Some teams have played 16, 17 games and somehow they'll fit it in, that obviously becomes much more logistically difficult. For the NFL, if they had to shut down a game, when did they fit it in? What about the other team? How do they fit in their schedule? You only play so many times because of the stress physically of the game. It's going to be difficult. What all this leads me to is the rant for the week about college football. Because it was a stunner to me. That the business of sports, which I say always wins, did not win with two major college conferences. Now last week we had Andrew Cooper on, an athlete in the Pac-12 who was one of the student leaders challenging the Pac-12, not so much about playing, but about making it safe in a lot of different ways and of course having some financial interest. Now we talk about the Pac-12 following the Big Ten in saying, no, we're not doing it. We're not playing football. Now, we're talking about two of the biggest five conferences in in college football, which for people who don't understand, is a tremendous amount of money. A tremendous amount of money, and I'll get to those numbers in a minute. But I was shocked because I thought the Big Ten and Pac-12, who had already released conference only playing schedules, would go. And they're not going. Now, as of this moment, and everything is fluid, but as of this moment, the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12 are playing the other three Power Five conferences, not to mention other conferences in college football, which include my son's school, 2 be school in the matter of days, SMU, which is playing in the All-American Conference, and has been given the green light for eight conference and four additional games. So it's happening out there, even though a lot of schools have canceled fall sports, like the one I work at, Villanova, Uh, feel for those athletes, obviously, but that's the decisions. So the business of sports, which has much higher stakes with the Power 5 conferences than any other entities in college sports, is saying that we're not going to play. Shocking. Shocking. Because the business of sports lost, I say it always wins, it lost to the health and safety of these conferences. Now, the question to ask is why them and not the other three, or why the other three are playing in other conferences, like I mentioned the AAC, and not the Big Ten and Pac-12. Here's my sense, is maybe they have different medical and and scientific opinions, uh, advisors giving them different opinions. Maybe they have different legal opinions. You know there always will be lawyers, and we're talking about liability and risk here. Or maybe they just are, as I started the podcast, more confident, more secure in their ability to manage the risk. And again, beyond all this is the backdrop of the economics, and let's get to that. I can speak firsthand to the economics of Big Ten football not ever having experienced Big Ten football. And I'll tell you why. Because I lived in a Midwestern city exactly like the cities we're talking about. Green Bay, Wisconsin, a city of 100,000 people that wraps itself around the football team, just like those cities in the Midwest that wrap themselves around college football teams. This is the same thing. Analysis of the economic impact of the Green Bay Packers on a fall weekend, not even to mention the psychological impact of not having it, but $14 million is what the recent studies came up with in terms of how much a Packers weekend is worth economically. And yeah, that's without fans because it brings it to the... to Now, of course, without fans, you're not going to have a lot of people spending, but let's just say $14 million per weekend. Similar numbers throughout... The Big Ten, having done research on that, uh, in terms of fourteen million a weekend, fifteen million a weekend, twelve million a weekend, hundred million a year, one hundred twenty million a year, those are the numbers coming out in places like Columbus, Ohio, Iowa City, Iowa, Lincoln, Nebraska, Hap, uh, State College, Pennsylvania, and, and Ann Arbor, Michigan. That's what we're seeing. So that's a tremendous economic impact. Because even if they didn't have fans, I think I'm pretty secure in saying that fans would come. They just wouldn't come to the stadium. They'd be around. They'd be that kind of weekend, uh, alumni, et cetera, even though they weren't allowed a stadium. And who knows how many would be allowed in the stadium. But that's a moot point, we think. Everything is fluid. I'll get to that in a minute. But what's interesting now is that we have these two college football conferences canceling. We have three playing. And we'll see if that lasts. What will happen now with the Big Ten and Pac-12? What we hear about from some of these coaches, and by the way, the coaches were lobbying before the decision to really keep it. And you figure they have a lot of lobbying power. James Franklin at Penn State, who I know well, he coached with us at Green Bay. Scott Frost at Nebraska, who I know well, he played for us in Green Bay, both advocating, both telling the economic impacts spouting out numbers like $100 million, all for naught. It was canceled. And maybe part of the reason was there were reports of a freshman, uh a lineman at University of Indiana that had myocarditis and, you know, the risks involved for larger people. This is something the NFLPA doc talked about with the high, thicker people, the BMI measurements don't respond as well to COVID, have more risk. These are all things they're talking about with those same studies. Of course, I keep coming back to it. The other three conferences decide to play. So there's the difference. Now what? For someone like the Big Ten and Pac-12, they're talking about the spring. I say two things. Good luck with that and hope is not a plan. First on the latter, we can hope for spring football, but that assumes that all the factors that went into canceling in the fall related to the covid will be gone by the spring, and, and good luck with that, because what we've said all along, in March, April, May, I've said this as well, that by the fall, we'll be fine. The virus will be contained. We'll play college football. Well, here we are, and it's not better. It's worse, much worse. We'd like to believe it's going to be better in the spring, but we don't know. And the other part of this is how are you going to get the top players to stick around? I don't know what the rules are on transfer. I think it's going to be a a mad dash if there are transfers allowed, or maybe that's going on right now. But players who are going to be prospects for the NFL draft, they're not going to play in the spring because they'll be getting the combines in the spring and, and, and draft preps in the spring. And they're not going to be playing in the spring if they're top prospects because... Now we're talking about two seasons, the season of the spring and the season of the fall. That's going to be hard to manage. The physical stress on the bodies, it certainly won't allow it. And what's happening is agents are going to be signing these players. And just as agents sign players now, what they do is they sign them, and then they ship them off to a training facility like IMG or Athlete's Performance And they're gone. And they're housed and fed and trained all at the agent's expense. Usually in a normal season, that happens in December or January for the guys that go all the way to the Final Four, to the championship games. But now it's going to happen now. I wouldn't be surprised if these guys are shipped off now. And we've had players opt out before all this. Caleb Farrelly at Virginia Tech. Micah Parsons at, at Penn State player for Purdue, players at Miami, and they're already off training, funded by the agent. So this is going to be happening for these guys. Do I think there could be college football in the spring at places like the Big Ten and Pac-12? Absolutely. But they won't have the best players in college football. They won't. (laughs) And they'll have underclassmen, and they won't have the best players at the higher levels. So we have an uncertain future with college football, uh, the business of sports loss to the health and safety. All is fluid as you know. All is fluid. Number one, uh, the PAC-12, you know, going to announce, I mean, sorry, it's SEC going to announce a schedule. The other play going to play. Who knows? You know, they have a situation with an injury, uh, uh, an issue with a play or myocarditis or whatever it is. That could all change. Bob Bowlesby, used to be Stanford AD, I know him a little bit, now commissioner of the Big 12, he said we'd we'd pivot in a heartbeat if something happened. And then as for Big 12, we have Justin Fields leading a petition to just try to get this decision reversed. We hear about a saliva test for COVID. Could it be reversed? Sure. You know, there's time. And people say, well, what about deadline? Well, deadlines can be fluid, you know, deadlines per action, but they can be fluid. We just don't know what's going to happen here, and we'll have to figure this out. I just think everything is fluid right now. Okay, college football, business of sports, business of college football, it loses. It loses, at least with these two conferences. Shocker to me, that's my thought about that. Back with more rants on this brand Rants edition in a minute. First a word from DraftKings. They brought their expertise to legal sports betting right here in the USA. You can rest assured your funds are totally secure. Their top-rated sportsbook app is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Now with the NBA, you get a free live bet every day of the first round of the playoffs. Any day you place 20 or more dollars in NBA bets, you get a free $10 live bet. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook top-rated app now. Use code ROSS, R-O-S-S, all caps, when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right, DraftKings Sportsbook has sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Just enter code ROSS when you sign up. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or an Indiana 1-800-9 with it. Okay, quick hitter rants about what happened in the NFL this week. <laughs> Number one, tight ends. Two tight ends, top two in the game, by, uh, as everyone thinks. George Kittle with the Niners and uh, Travis Kelsey with the Chiefs got new deals. Um, they're strong deals. Obviously the, the averages are strong for tight ends. Um, you know, me, I always say you can't trust the numbers. The number's thrown out like 75 million for, for Kittle and a big number for Kelsey. Here's the deal. Two years, 30 million for Kittle, strong deal, but that's really what it is. Now there's another 10 million of injury guarantee, but I always say two years, 30 million. And then we'll see after that. As for Kelsey, I'm a little unsure why he took this deal three years, $30 million. And then we'll see. So it's really a 10 million average over the three years that count. Then there's three more years, you know, which are funny money. We'll see if he makes it to that. Um, You know, good deals. But even with the leverage these guys had, they couldn't break the structures that we all talk about every time with these deals. They couldn't get a third year full guarantee or some skill guarantee. Uh, And Kelsey's deal is really sort of a head scratcher as well in terms of, how that deal came to be uh, at such low numbers relatively for a player like that, and that leads to a rant about the chiefs. The chiefs uh were able to get Kelsey and Chris Jones, and as everyone knows, Pat Mahome's under contract. they didn't have much cap room, but they did it, and a couple things about that they did it in a very team friendly way uh usually when Super Bowl champion teams have players to chief success. It's the players that kind of leverage the teams to get very player-friendly deal. Here we have the opposite. Somehow the team has leveraged the players, and I can't speak to the Chris Jones deal. I haven't studied that. But at least with the Kelsey deal and the Mahomes deal, extraordinarily team-friendly deals. I'm a little unsure how the Chiefs were able to do this. I do think in the Mahomes case, as I've talked about at length, it's going to come back to haunt the Chiefs. When Mahomes sees the market pass and by, it already has. And again, big deal this week for the Packers, getting Kenny Clark, defensive lineman under contract, just for comparison's sake. Over the next two years, Kenny Clark makes $37 million. Over the next two years, Pat Mahomes makes $33 million. That's right. The MVP Pat Mahomes makes, who's 25, I believe, makes less. Then Kenny Clark over the next two years, who's 24. Kenny Clark bonus 25 million. Pat Mahomes bonus 10 million dollars. But as I've talked about, it's really a shocking contract over the first few years. Even six years in, 180 million, 30 million average, there are players above that right now. So, anyway, the Chiefs have done it. The other part of the Chiefs is really, even without cap room, it happens every year. Teams without cap room, are able to sign players. Teams with a ton of cap room don't sign players. And there's sort of this myth of cap rooms out there. It's like the myth when I use this line all the time, telling players we can't sign you, we don't have cap room. Of course they can if they want to. It always happens. So I guess the, the, the thing I've tweeted out this week that got a lot of attention was when you say to a player as a team, we don't have the cap room, that's kind of the equivalent of she's just not into you. She's just not that she's just not that into you. Okay. Uh and a final rant about what happened with the Seahawks. It's a cute story for everyone but the player. I don't even have his name. He's an undrafted free agent, tried to sneak in a woman in the Seahawks. She was wearing a Seahawks uniform. Can't make this stuff up. <laughs> and he was summarily released. Again, lesser talent, lesser tolerance. Had a woman snuck in to see Bobby Wagner or uh Russell Wilson obviously wouldn't happen. <laughs> He's got uh I mean Ciara, I mean listen. Just as an example, they would not be released. They wouldn't. So, yeah, it's a cute story for everyone but the player. <laughs> but uh this is something that we have to realize in sports and in business. Greater talent equals greater tolerance. There was no tolerance for this kind of activity from an undrafted free agent Were he a star player. Of course, he would not be released. That's my rants. Big week ahead. As I talked about bittersweet for me going off to take my son to college. Enjoyed bringing this to you before I head out. And uh, thanks for listening. Of course, thanks for following me on Twitter at Andrew Brandt. Kudos to my musical producer Sam Brand, my producer extraordinaire Brian Neal, appreciate Apple podcast and rankings as always, and I'll be back next week with another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brand.